Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories that played out over the last week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of December 5th, 2023, Aaron and I may actually have too much weird news to choose from. We're going to break down the manhunt for a kangaroo that gripped Oshawa, Ontario. We're going to discuss an alleged romance scammer who was using his imagined work for Canada's intelligence agency as a backstory. We're going to join the search for a kitten stolen from a pet store, and we'll speculate on the cosmic origins of a rock that came from space and ended up in an Edmonton man's roof drain. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport, it's almost Christmas time. Are you excited? Is it almost Christmas? I say it's almost Christmas, maybe around the 19th, the 18th, you know, that ballpark. I guess it's problem is if you leave your house right now you will see how almost christmas it is traffic is picking up every store is blasting christmas music every second mm-hmm. radio station is playing christmas music yeah i say I, I do stand by it's almost christmas but the caveat to that is it seems to be almost christmas um the day after halloween oh even before halloween it's almost christmas now Mm-hmm. Like that, the, the the Halloween candy wasn't even off the shelves, and there was Santa Clauses and Christmas trees everywhere. Yeah, it's it's so complicated. Oh. Uh, with this discussion surrounding Christmas as our intro, I want to use this as an opportunity to call out to the listeners. Aaron and I have an idea for a great Christmas special. What we want to hear about is your worst Christmas. That could be a family gathering gone wrong, the worst present. Uh, someone who showed up way too drunk for supper with your family and they ruined the whole thing. Uh, just, you know, when someone asks, what is your worst Christmas story? Whatever you would answer is what Aaron and I want to hear. If you have something like that, don't wait. Hit pause on this podcast. Go to nighttimepodcast.com and send us your worst Christmas story, experience, gift, etc. Before we get to the show, though, Aaron, do you have a story to share? Like a bad Christmas, something gone wrong? A bad Christmas. Um, not really. Uh, nothing specific like that jumps into my mind. Um, the first Christmas of COVID was pretty depressing. I forgot everything about that period of time. Yeah, well, that was like I was going through a breakup at the time oh. and I had moved into the like an apartment And, you know, it was kind of lockdown season as well. So there wasn't really much going on. So it was just me and the cat sitting in this apartment for Christmas. Uh, So it was that was a weird one. Yeah. Um, One of the weirder ones I can think of uh, was my youngest child was born just a couple days before Christmas. And although we we got to bask in the joy of having a new member of the family, it was really weird trying to still give a normal Christmas to our older son. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it's, it was the worst Christmas, but it was definitely memorable as a complicated 
kind of like pseudo Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to hear what the listeners have to say, because I know there are people with way different family dynamics than us that got a hell of a Christmas story to share with us. I remember one Christmas. This just popped into my mind now that the wheels are turning. But <laughs> I remember one year I was hired to play Santa Claus for... <laughs> A dollar store Christmas party at a Dooley's in Glace Bay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dooley's is like, I don't know how far stretching Dooley's is as a as a pool hall chain, but it's a pool hall, you know, where it's what it's like a chain. So there's so there's multiple locations uh around the province. I don't know if it stretches past Nova Scotia, but I think it's an East Coast thing. But yeah, I could be wrong. It sounds like an East Coast thing. But we we're often wrong on this show, so that's not a new thing. But <laughs> yeah, so I had to show up and you know anybody who knows Glace Bay and then knows what a Dooley's is <laughs> can kind of uh put two and two together and then imagine being a Santa Claus at the dollar store Christmas party at Dooley's yeah. in Glace Bay. <laughs> Oh man. Um, yeah, it seems like you would have stories from that night that aren't even appropriate for this show. A lot of people sat on my lap that night. <laughs> uh I, I didn't know and guess did. how much i made i was there for a couple of hours i made 75 dollars. <laughs> okay i i imagine they gave you like a couple pictures a draft or something um i don't know no i was driving i was on the clock i was very okay. i was very professional okay santa. yeah let's get that out there just in case yeah. anyone's looking for a santa for their corporate function yeah i'm still taking bookings for this year <laughs> um well, let's get into it here. We're not here to reminisce of Christmas past. We are here to keep Canada weird by seeking out, highlighting, in some cases celebrating, and in other cases shaking our fists at the stories that have popped up across our great nation over the last week. Tonight, in this episode of Keep Canada Weird, we're going to be talking about a manhunt for a kangaroo that gripped Ontario. We'll be talking about a new type of romance scam, but this one is top secret. We're going to hear the story of a stolen kitten and fulfill our mandate that if there is cats in the news in Canada, we will talk about it. And then we're going to hear about a space rock that came from space and crash landed in Edmonton. What story do you want to start with to keep Canada weird, Aaron? Let's not start with the cat. I think we should sandwich the cat okay. uh, story in the middle. Okay. Um, that way we can lead into the show with something a bit more uh, delightful and end with something more delightful. What's more delightful than a romance scammer? Well, let's start with that one. That's a great okay. one to start with. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We've covered a lot of different scams on this show, often scams targeting uh, the vulnerable, the elderly. We had, you know, quickly 
uh, swapping jewelry, real jewelry for fake jewelry. There was all sorts of weird scams. But this recent type of scam that's been playing out across Canada has a unique spin. It's a romance scammer who's alleged to have defrauded dozens of women for over $2 million. And this romance scammer is using an elaborate backstory as a Canadian intelligence agent as a way to get away with it all. Listen to this story. It was love at first click that turned into a serious relationship from 2016 to 2020. He came on very strong, very fast. Melissa C says the man she met on an online dating site told her he was an undercover agent who worked overseas, which meant strict rules on when and how they could meet. And if I ever see him on the street with anyone else, I have to not acknowledge him because he might be with an undercover family and I would blow his cover which is quite genius. And she says there were other red flags, like no pictures allowed together. Yeah, he can't risk having his face shown because he's undercover all the time. But she's not alone. He was a CSIS agent, always away on assignment. This Ontario woman did not want to reveal her identity, but says she was dating the same guy for 10 years at the same time. They also met online. You know, catches us at a low, a low, low point, I guess, where it's easy for us to believe in, in love and think, Holy, this is going to be great. This isn't just about alleged infidelity. Waterloo Regional Police arrested a 49-year-old Waterloo man who was accused of posing as a CSIS agent and defrauding dozens of women from the region and other countries out of a total of over $2 million. And I think he was grooming me because he told me that he wanted to invest in me. The two women we spoke to say they didn't lose money. But I know of women whom he's taken, like one woman, he's taken her whole life savings. The women say they're still shocked they were lied to for so long. I think he's been telling these lies for so long that he believes them. Police say the man they arrested has been charged with fraud over $5,000 and possession of stolen property over $5,000. Justice needs to be served. He, you, you can't do this to people. You can't harm and manipulate innocent people for your own ego, for your own game. Police have not yet released his name, but the women believe it's the same man they thought was the one, only to find out to him, they were just one of many. One of the women told me that he claimed he was from Waterloo Region, while another said he didn't really have a local home, but did have a few safe houses as he bounced around due to his secretive job. The Waterloo man is expected in court in January. I hate to give any kind of credit or praise to a scammer, especially a romance scammer or one that preys on the elderly. But this whole like kind of backstory, it does, it is kind of ingenious, right? Because this thing is like, if you see me walking on the street, holding hands with another woman or a child, don't even look at me because I could be undercover. No pictures. Yeah, if you see me, if you see me making out with a 20 year old at a nightclub, I'm <laughs> undercover. Yeah, I'm doing spy stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's my job. It's. I wonder if he, if this romance, this alleged romance scammer, did he just sit like in a dark room thinking like, how can I get away with dating all sorts of women? And just and just plays it through, and this is what he comes up with, or did or was he just doing it, and eventually, you know, it just evolved into this story? Because like, I do you admit that it is kind of ingenious. I don't think that I would say it's it's genius. Okay. Because to me, if somebody were to, if I were to meet somebody on Tinder or something and they're like, yeah, I'm a spy. So, 
you can't take photos of me. If you see me holding hands with another woman, it's because of my job. It's because mm-hmm. I'm a spy. Um, then I would just say, yeah, you're full of shit. <laughs> yes. It is tough to believe. Right. But that's a part of this is though, is he's, he would be preying on vulnerable people looking for love, maybe single, maybe a little lonely. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I wouldn't put it in the genius category because it's, because it's not genius. It's just the fact that he's using this story against, you know, uh, towards vulnerable people mm-hmm. who will probably believe anything. Yeah, possibly. That, yeah, like the, they'll probably believe anything. And, you know, apparently they're they're so lonely that you'll believe whatever you say. I guess um, the, the, the one kind of problem I see is if he's like, you know, if I'm with another family holding hands or whatever, don't look or say hi, I can't take photos with you. You know, I have to be uh, strictly top secret undercover. But at the beginning of it, he they met through a dating site. So they needed- Yeah, the, where he'd have his picture and everything. Yeah, that's that the uh, one spot know. that the spy, the other spies wouldn't look is on Yeah, Tinder. yeah. That's now, the Russia one doesn't, doesn't check Tinder. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, but- it's all about the character. So like the, the lie itself, it doesn't matter what it is. I, I don't really find it to be a genius lie. It sounds like something that anybody could really come up with as, as a reason that I'm gone for months at a time, as a reason that uh, an excuse as to why I, I might be seen, you know, holding hands with another woman, but it's all about the delivery. So this guy must be so charismatic and so good at lying that that you just believe him no matter what he says no matter what mm-hmm. no matter what tale he's spinning you just believe it because he's so good at telling the story mm-hmm. and i'm sure he gets off on it too like i'm a spy of course yeah of course he does my Let's god sure and then he's followed. also scamming them out of money like if somebody who was working kind of a high level spy job that that this guy is claiming to work the fact that he that he wants money from them but he's also investing in them at the same time like it's just there's so many red flags there that it's mm-hmm. you know the number being thrown around is about 2 million dollars that he's gotten out of a collection of women it's uh, like the yeah. number there there hasn't been an exact number but it's said over a dozen women in over 2 million dollars so uh, you, we heard in the news clip, they didn't interview the woman that that this is credited to, but at least one person he said to have had access to her life savings. So if he's a, if he claims to be a spy working all these important things, I can imagine a scenario where he encourages her to give me access to, you know, your bank accounts and I'm going to help protect this or, you know, something. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty dangerous. I would be curious to learn more about this guy with it his name is, although he's charged his name hasn't been released publicly as far as i could tell i could find nothing else about it other than coverage just referring to him as a romance scammer and such but yeah i, I have yeah. a i have a feeling people who know this guy are like he's been a liar scumbag his whole life and he's good at it yeah you'd have to be mm-hmm. you'd have to be very good at it and just just charismatic you know in the in the way that he looks into your eyes and you just melt. 
Mm. Uh, do you have any advice for people using Tinder, male or female or other using Tinder on how they can avoid this? Um, just don't trust anybody. That's, you know, that's pretty good advice. For, mm -hmm. Like for a starting point, don't trust anybody because most people are just trying to get something out of it. And when you, you know, yeah. then let them surprise you in a positive way. Don't let them surprise you by proving to be awful. Let them surprise you by proving to be sincere. Yeah, just never let your guard down physically, emotionally. Just always be walled up and completely alone, uh, closed off to the world. Mm -hmm. Just find like a little apartment, get your cat in there, mm -hmm. and just spend Christmas like that. But don't trust your cat either. Mm, because kitty's got claws. Yeah. Whew. That's a great yeah. way to end that story. Yeah. Uh, well, in it's there's kind of a little bit of a double side to that because we have the story of the females who are taking him to task and having this romance scammer charged. Hopefully, he gets locked up and learn that those kitties had claws. Yeah, that wasn't a sexual joke. Yes, it was. I'm just me. I knew you would take it that way. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next story. Where are we going to go with this next? Because we got a bunch of doozies when i was putting this together every story i'm like oh i'm excited for this one we started with the romance scammer we're going to um well let's go into the well we we you know speaking of of kitties why don't we why don't we tackle the stolen cat stolen cat yeah it's yeah. true uh we should and like i said at the beginning if there is a story being told on Canadian news about a cat. We will cover it on this show. That said, I got some emails this morning about another cat story uh, that's playing out today. We'll be covering that next week. But this week, let's talk about the stolen cat in Waterloo, Ontario. This is a concerning story for a lot of reasons. It revolves around Crosby, who is a 10 or who is hopefully is a 10 week old kitten that was stolen from a pet value store in Waterloo. And it happened when a man left the store with the cat hidden in his, in his coat, but staff realized the cat was missing, looked at the security camera and you know, the whole thing's caught on camera. I'm going to play a short video about the actual theft of the cat, but the plot's going to thicken pretty quickly here. Listen to this. It starts off as a regular interaction at a Waterloo pet value. People often come in to ask about the cats up for adoption. One cat in particular caught this man's attention. He was very sweet. He was a little more, I would say, laid back than the two orange ones, um, but he was my favorite. This little face is Crosby, the 10-week-old cat brought in by Pet Patrol Cat Rescue. When you would stand in front of the cage, you would just jump up onto your shoulder and just want to be held, you would hold him like this and you would just lay like a baby. That loving trait may be worked against Crosby this time. Keep a close eye on the top of your screen. Some of the people have been blurred for safety and legal reasons. You can see the man reach inside the cage, pull the kitten out and put him in his jacket. I cried. I was confused as to why somebody Whatever, do that. Catherine Benedetto is the store manager. She wasn't working when it happened Friday night, but her heart sank when she heard. She says her colleague quickly noticed Crosby missing. And he ran and she ended up chasing him for a little while until he outran her. Pet Patrol CEO Jan Schneider said it's the first time something like this has happened in the 28 year history of her business. Unbelievable. This is a baby. He's only 10 weeks old. He's very innocent. He's very vulnerable. 
Police are now looking for the person responsible. He's described as a white man in his 50s, last seen wearing a green toque, black jacket, and jeans. Locks now secure the cat adoption cage to prevent something like this in the future. He has this wonderful little V here. Because of his distinct gray and white markings, Pet Value and Pet Rescue are hopeful Crosby will be found. The little rescue now needing a rescue of a different kind, this time around. I can't imagine why someone would steal a kitten from a store. Are they? Are they I've never bought a cat or whatever. Are they ex, they're not expensive, are they? A kitten? Uh, a couple hundred dollars. Like when okay. you go to Pet Value, like that Pet Value is the uh, pet food store that I go to. Okay. Uh, my cat food. So and this isn't like an SPCA. This is where you'd like go to like buy a cat. Because they, they said it came from a cat rescue. So they must have rescued Well, yeah. It. What they do is... Um, is the pet value that I go to, they have cats for sale that come from the SPCA. Okay. So they, they will get them from the cat rescue places. Um, and then they'll, you know, give them an opportunity to be seen by more, more eyeballs basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're the same price like, uh, that you would pay at the SPCA or whatever shelter that you would get an animal from and it's several hundred dollars that you'll that you'll pay okay. between two and three hundred dollars i would say i see mm -hmm. that because i always look at the cats that are there when i go in to get cat food um they often have okay. a new cat you know every week when i go in yeah i never thought of the monetary value i think of cats as being something you would just get for free through a, like a you know you go to the spca or some kind of um, rescue kind of place and you can just adopt a cat of course there'd be fees and stuff associated with that and their shots and such but well that's yeah all that stuff is expensive though when you think mm -hmm. you know for for a cat to be you know spayed or neutered or whatever and mm -hmm. and yeah the shots and everything and the medical kind of uh bills that you have to that that would it, it would cost the SBCA or the shelter to do those things. So yeah. but I, I guess um, at the end of it, if you, if you can't afford to buy a cat, you probably can't afford to take proper maintain care of a cat. cat. Yeah, exactly. What, why would, what would compel someone to do this? Like, I hope that someone stole a cat because they love cats and they want to raise a cat. I can't imagine any other reason that won't land you in hell. Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to think of, of why someone would do it? Maybe they really wanted a cat. They can't afford one. Uh, they're not thinking about the long-term financial costs of a cat. They're just thinking, oh, you know, some some cheap food and some cheap litter and I'll be fine. But, I can come back and steal food. Like this this person, if they love yeah. cats so much that they're willing to risk their, I don't know, legal status by stealing one, they should just volunteer at a cat shelter. I'm sure they'd love the help and you would get plenty of face time with a cat. I don't know what would compel this guy to do it. I think it's awful. And there is a saying uh, that comes from the popular documentary that in part covers the crimes of Luca Magnata is you don't F with cats. I think humanity put that as one of our commandments. The 11th, the 11th commandment is don't F with cats. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cats have a special place in our hearts. Um, so I don't know. I it's it's hard to wrap your mind around this one as to why this man did this. And hopefully, you just kind of pray that the cat is in a safe place and is being taken care of reasonably. Yeah. Well, listen to this update. So that news clip we just heard ends with they gave some information. He's in his fifties. He was dressed like this, dressed like that. They're looking for him. 
Well, the update is, I think, just a day later. A Waterloo man was arrested for allegedly stealing a cat from a Waterloo pet store. However, Crosby, the 10-week-old cat, is still missing. Waterloo Regional Police announced Thursday they'd arrested a 58-year-old Waterloo man who's been charged with theft under $5,000 and is set to appear in court in January 2024. Police say investigators are still looking to gather information on the whereabouts of the cat. Yeah. Uh, our legal system should be updated in a way that there's a clause that if you steal a cat, if you don't tell where the cat is upon being arrested, you're put to death. I'm okay with that. Uh, I think that's fair. On town yeah, that's, square. That's, that's eye for an eye. Exactly. Um, maybe he sold the cat. I can't imagine he has the cat uh, at home and he doesn't want the investigators to find out for fear of losing this new pet that he was willing to risk his freedom for. Uh, yeah. This is this is an awful story, right? It's not a good one. I, I didn't enjoy seeing this one on the list because it forces me to talk about stolen cats. Yeah, in the video of him reaching it, like opening the cage and reaching in, grabbing a cat and a kitten and putting it in its his jacket, leaves the store. And by the sounds of that news clip, we hear the manager describe what sounded like a foot chase, where one of the employees chased him down a street. That's yeah, awful. And those those cages are are always unlocked because the one the pet value that I go to, people can yeah take the cat out and hold it and pet it and and interact with it and so anybody can just open it up and and handle the cat. So yeah. what does now it say? I see that they they have a lock now on their cage, yeah. which I think should probably be status quo for all of these situations and these uh, pet values. I think you would never expect this to happen though. When I came upon this story, I just thought like, what, like that actually happens or could happen. I'm sure there's been other instances where stuff like this happened, but, but you don't want somebody hurting the cat. Like even they're not going to steal it, but maybe yeah. they mishandle it. Like, I just don't think that germs maybe... and stuff too. Yeah. Like a... Yeah. Like there, there's lots of reasons why you shouldn't be handling these animals in the store. I think they should be left because the the workers let them out at certain times during the day and they they get to have some play time outside of the cage and they get to run around the store and And i'm sure the uh, little cats love that you imagine going in a store and there's a 10 week old kitten just tearing it up that's a happy cat yeah well there's ed's books in downtown sydney nova scotia and they have two or three cats that live in the store and when you go in there they're just hanging out on the books and I, I know walking around I, the store hanging I, out. I love old books, but I'm allergic to two things: dust and cats. So Ed's yeah. bookstore is one where I go in there and I just come. I I have to quickly try to find something interesting because I'm I'm a mess in 15 minutes. Yeah, and bookstores are usually a place where nerds go mm-hmm. to read because reading's for nerds, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but also nerds have allergies. Yeah, so you're just you're setting them up. So how did how does trap. that even work? You know, it, do, it doesn't. It's a tr- it's a nerd trap. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad um, we got that out of the out in the air. You know. Yeah. Talk about nerds for a bit. Absolutely, they need to be taken down a peg. Because mm-hmm. uh, they are controlling the world now. Uh, how? I thought ever the... since well well ever since computers. Oh, that's right. They were ahead of the curve and. When you we, used to when, be able to confidently make fun of a nerd, you know, back in the 50s or the 60s and not worry about repercussions. Absolutely. Now. 
yeah what could they do back then to show back you then, like, nothing graph nothing. paper throw graph paper after you yeah you. slice you with their protractor yeah it's a different world now where they do run the show mm -hmm. and that's why um alpha males like you and i yeah yeah the, are just we are the uh the dominance we're just waiting for the power grid to collapse so we can really i don't know go back to square one where where we'll be hunting and ripping animals apart and mm -hmm. and and uh yeah and beating nerds hurts. a hard time yeah <laughs> Um, we're losing a lot of subscribers in <laughs> yeah. five minutes here. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Uh, we were talking about animals in this story, uh, with this, with the theft of a cat. If anyone has any information about the whereabouts of Crosby, the 10 week old cat, please call Waterloo police. Uh, that's, it's not cool. Um, let's move on to a different type of manhunt altogether. A manhunt, not for a man, but a manhunt for a kangaroo. A kangaroo hunt has gripped the Oshawa area of Ontario. The story starts just about a week ago. On Thursday, November 30th, a kangaroo being shipped from uh, shipped from God knows where to a zoo in Quebec makes what was planned to be an overnight stop at an Oshawa zoo and family fun farm. However, while the kangaroo was being unloaded from its trailer, the kangaroo saw an opportunity and the kangaroo hopped into action. Listen to this story. As far as fugitives go, this was likely a first for Durham police. That's for sure. A kangaroo. Yep, you heard that right. A kangaroo was spotted on a roadway during the morning commute, much to the surprise, of course, of motorists. And it led to a wild pursuit today. Our Mike Walker joins us live from Oshawa with the tale that continues tonight. Have you spotted it? Well, Michelle, Nathan, the kangaroo is still on the loose. We saw it a short time ago hopping across a farmer's field. It was destined for Quebec and was spending the night at the Oshawa Zoo when it somehow escaped. He's hurt. It was a sight that had people doing a double take. A kangaroo on the loose in North Oshawa. He's I've been working at the zoo for quite a long time. I started there when I was 13 and I'm now 42. So we're going on about 30 years and I have not experienced anything like this. The park supervisor at the Oshawa Zoo says the kangaroo was destined for a zoo in Quebec. It was supposed to spend the night at the Oshawa Zoo when it somehow escaped its handlers. As the animal handlers who were transporting this thing, uh, as they were trying to unload it into our warm room last night where the kangaroo would be staying, it uh, jumped over their head out of the trailer and it has now escaped and we are in the process of tracking it down. Police received multiple reports about the kangaroo shortly after 7.30 this morning. A small team of volunteers began scouring the area, including Dave Hutnick, who located the kangaroo this afternoon using thermal technology on his drone. It hunkered down at a farm about two kilometers away from the zoo. And realized it was the kangaroo when it began to hop across the field. So we were actually able to track it into a brushy area where she kind of hunkered down. His security company has assisted with finding missing animals and people in the past, but this is a first. Uh, this is a brand new experience. It's pretty interesting. Now the challenge is trying to retrieve the animal. So we found the kangaroo. It's now cornered in between uh, a couple of large barns. Um, and we are waiting for Ministry of Natural Resources and Animal Control to arrive with a tranquilizer gun because 
I'm just a dude with a net and it's a little bit faster than me so uh, I can't really do very much by myself so I'm just waiting for backup at this point. Did you watch any of the videos of people trying to capture a kangaroo? No, no, okay. no. I, I, I just, you know, I'm just a dude with a net. That's <laughs> why. I love that clip. There, that's yeah. a part of a much longer interview with that guy who is, he was tasked with um, trying to capture the raccoon with, or sorry, the raccoon, the kangaroo with what looked like a large fishing net. You would, yeah, you would... I just look like your average run of the mill, you know, bait shop. Yeah, no would... way you're catching a kangaroo. There's one video that the kangaroo is going to literally kick you to death if you tried to put that thing over its head. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... And you'd, you deserve to die <laughs> if you did that. Well, that interview where you hear the guy say, I'm just a dude with a net at that interview is being done by the news, like in front of this kind of a, this, this farm where they had, they had cornered the kangaroo. So he's like in a corner, just sitting there, but the guy with the net wouldn't even go near him. He's like, I'm not, you know, he knew better. He just kind of was waiting. Well, what for, was he, what was he doing? Why I, was he involved in any way, shape or form? Maybe he, he just admits to, to just, you know, he admits to just being a dude with a net <laughs> and there's nothing he can do yet. The news company decides to interview him and spend a fair amount of time with him. And, mm. yeah, and at the end, he admits, I practically have nothing to do with this story. And maybe he doesn't. He's a neighbor who just grabbed his fishing net and saw yeah. the news out there. There is I was a... out catching butterflies. And then you guys come up to me and ask me about a kangaroo. <laughs> and I keep telling you, I'm just a dude with a net. <laughs> There's a video of him running through a field, chasing the kangaroo with the net. And it is quite comical. Uh, the, the, for yeah. one, the kangaroo is about four times as fast as the guy. But uh, and the net is just clearly is even if the kangaroo stood still, the net isn't big enough to grab the thing. It's basically a really fast hoppy deer. Like they're crazy animals. Yeah, I don't know. I've never encountered a kangaroo in my life, but especially I, not I wouldn't in want to tangle with one. I wouldn't. And I wouldn't disrespect it with a net. No. Um, no. And we're going to get to kind of a caution. We're going to follow the story through here, uh, but we're going to hear, I guess, a cautionary tale, and you don't. Earlier, we told you why you don't mess with cats. You're going to find out soon why you don't mess with kangaroos. So we first just heard the story of how the kangaroo escaped, the search for it. Nobody really knew how to handle it. The kangaroo was just hopping around Oshawa, probably having its feet be very cold because I don't think it gets that cold in Australia where they're from. So I don't think it was having a very good time. Um, so anyway, after days of searching and no progress at all being made in attempts to capture it on december 3rd almost a week after the kangaroo was on the lamb here's the the update and it seems like maybe they were giving up listen to this the search for a kangaroo that escaped on friday has been called off at least until there's another sighting this is the park supervisor for the Oshawa Zoo and Fun Farm using a net to try and catch the red kangaroo. It got away and hasn't been seen since Friday night. Officials were using thermal imaging drones to try and locate it. The kangaroo was headed to Quebec when it got away from its handlers. So we just got to hear uh, uh, them recount a little bit of the scene I described with the guy chasing the kangaroo with the net. But uh, I think when I heard this update that they're calling off the search, that generally means like giving up. So you would think it's done, right? Like maybe they're like, we're never going to catch this thing. It's going to die when the snow starts to build up. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, part of me is I'm conflicted over the over the situation because I feel if the kangaroo wants nothing to do with you, then leave him alone. But at the same time, he's in a he's in an environment that he's not accustomed to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you brought him here. How how yeah. do they why they're opening the trailer to let the kangaroo to take the kangaroo out to put him in, you know, this this farm overnight on the way to Montreal or whatever it is. You'd think they would they would they should know that this kangaroo may try to escape. Like this sort of thing I don't think should happen. You'd think that'd be kangaroo handling one oh one would be let's make sure it doesn't jump out when we open you know, the door to the trailer. Uh, I think they owe it to the kangaroo to f- capture it. And if they capture it, take it back to, to Australia, Australia. Yeah. And, and let it be free in a place where it's comfortable. Like that's what it's trying to do is run back to Australia. Yeah. What is, what does Quebec need a kangaroo for? Like, I guess to put it in a zoo, but we have high def cameras and TVs. Could we not just see, a documentary about a kangaroo and not have yeah, to go through watched, all this. I watched planet earth. I, I know enough. Yeah, I don't, we need, don't need to, to sh- have any kind of building that, that I can smell these things. In. <laughs> uh, well, here's the big update. The day after they call off the search, humans get the upper hand on the search for the kangaroo. But I dare say the kangaroo gets the upper hand on at least one Ontario police officer. Tell me if this is justified. After more than three days on the loose, hopping around, the four-year-old female kangaroo is finally back in the barn at the Oshawa Zoo. She was spotted around three this morning, eventually captured by law enforcement. Warden officers were able to come up behind her, grab her tail, and uh, essentially take her into custody. (laughs) Police say officers did their best to keep her calm, but she got frightened, struck an officer, turning on his body camera. Uh, it just shows that there was obviously some sort of contact, um, but I don't know if he was punched by the kangaroo or just bumped by the kangaroo. Uh, either way, no charges have been laid on the kangaroo. <laughs> Thursday night, the kangaroo was one of two being transferred to a zoo in Quebec and was scheduled to spend the night at the Oshawa Zoo when it jumped over the handler's heads. Early this morning, police lights nearby got Sherry and Alex Sylvester out of bed. They helped try to corral the marsupial, concerned for its well-being. I just looked at it and said, please don't kick me, and I started to back up, and then I let the police officer go in front of me because I thought he's got body protection on and I don't. So we try to maneuver him to the barn. We got him like within 10 feet of the door, and the door was open, and I started to approach him with my hands out, right, really close, and then he just bolted past the barn, behind the house, and then down to the road again. We gave up because it was freezing and I was in my pajamas. (laughs) While some animal experts call the kangaroos capture good news, questions remain. Having the systems in place to make sure that can be a seamless transfer to stop this kind of incident from happening um, clearly wasn't in place. Now safe and sound, the Oshawa Zoo says the kangaroo is doing great. She is resting, she is warm, she is well fed, she has got fresh water and I think she is much happier now than she was uh, over the past few days. The wild story that had many people worried has ended well. I guess all's well that ends well. All's well that ends well, yeah. Uh, So the kangaroo is safe, that's good. Yeah, but the cop got punched up by it, it seems. 
That's just another day, though. We've covered stories before where cops have had to wrangle animals on numerous occasions. Yeah. The raccoon story where the where the the raccoons were in the house and the, yeah. the police officers had to come and try and capture them. You know, you 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 hear a lot of um, or you get a whole different perspective on the role of law enforcement. If you look at it through the lens of unique and offbeat Canadian news stories. Yeah. Like yeah. you, I wouldn't have thought th there's a loose kangaroo. We need cops down here. Unless maybe it's like we need cops to shoot it, but even still, that should be like kind of like animal control or something. I just don't know where but they're probably the first on the scene because they're more readily available than animal control would be, depending I guess. on the time of day, depending on the location. Yeah, um, but it's, it can be also hard to get a cop too, and you know it's well. I don't know. I'm grasping some straws here trying to explain this, Jordan, and you're just poking holes and everything. Call an ambulance, get yeah, a doctor down know. there. It's, yeah, you, you can't get anything now, but you know you could probably get arrested. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, there's some discussion. I I saw one kind of news clip uh, covering this kangaroo story where uh, politicians in Ontario are discussing like should they be holding some kind of inquiry in reviewing this scenario to see if some kind of new rules or regulations need to be adopted to prevent something like this from happening in the future uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to say that there doesn't I think if you're in the business of transporting animals and running zoos and all this this is probably a pretty big black eye on your reputation that uh this sort of thing is going to police itself yeah yeah it's a it's a black eye um i just hope they leave the kangaroos alone going forward i don't think they will people are so awful they're stealing cats they're this is why the animal uprising is coming so swift and fiercely exactly and it's justified us. Yeah, exactly. no, completely it's, justified. Like I can't even I won't be able to defend myself in any way because I support the animals in their uprising. Certainly. And while this kangaroo is on the run, don't for one minute think it didn't sit down with a raccoon or some squirrels or maybe run into a deer and say, listen, I'm from the other side of the world. I was captured, taken here in this little trailer. You know, I'm running for my life, but I'm like, I don't have a jacket on. I'm not made for this weather. It's just uh, more water under the bridge of uprising. Yeah, there it is. Let's move on to the next and our final story of the night. I love outer space. I love science fiction. I love the cosmos. I love uh, unique and otherworldly items being found here on Earth. And that's why the story of a space rock being found in Edmonton, Alberta, tickled some of my itchy areas. This story involves Doug Olson, a man who heard a loud thud on his roof while he was folding laundry last October. When he went out to investigate the cause of the sound, he didn't find anything out of the ordinary. But earlier this spring, while cleaning out his rain gutters on the roof of his Millswood home, Doug Olson discovered a small gray and black rock that seemed out of place. Turns out the rock was a meteorite that crash landed here from space. And Doug knew that's what it was because it's not the first time he found one. Listen to this story. A man in Southeast Edmonton is now part of space history. That's because he's one of the few people in Alberta to be in possession of a meteorite. Evan Kenny has a story. 
All of a sudden I heard this loud bang like somebody slamming a hockey stick butt end into the roof. That's what Doug Olson heard from his house in Mill Woods back in the fall of 2022. So I came out the window, looked around all over on the roof, couldn't see nothing. He stopped searching for the cause of the sound, but he never forgot about it. This past spring, Olson was cleaning his eaves troughs. And then I thought, geez, I'm going to go take another look up on top there. That's when Olson discovered the noise from the year before was a meteorite hitting his house. And it hit right about here. The homeowner brought the rock to Chris Hurd, a meteorite expert and a professor at the University of Alberta. This is the, the end, the outside of the original rock. And this has the classic hallmarks of a meteorite. To most people, the meteorite may have looked like an ordinary rock, but not to Olson. That's because he's found something similar before while in the bush hunting. Chris still thinks there's some investigating to do, like the isotopes oxygen testing. But for me to have to hear it and hear the impact and chase it down and pick it up and hear it, smell the sulfur and stuff, you know, to, to me it's a meteorite. A chunk of it is now part of the U of A's meteorite collection. And to show how rare this is, this is the first witnessed fall of a meteorite in Alberta since 1977, and the 18th ever found in the province. My reaction was, yeah, this is the real deal. Like this, I instantly know. We get hundreds of these types of emails every year or inquiries every year of people who think they found meteorites, and like 99.9% .9 of them are not. Olson's calling it an out-of-this-world experience. Like being hit by lightning twice. So there's a few parts of that story that I'm interested in. Uh, I want to start with, let's say, let's start with, would you expect a meteorite falling from space hitting your roof to just make a loud thud, or I would have expected it to, to flatten your house? Well, it depends, the size of the, depends on the size of it, obviously. You know, it's the episode of The Simpsons when the... When the town is, well, you know, the world's going to end because this comet or this meteor is coming for for Earth. You remember that episode? It was like in the early 90s. Yeah, kind of. And everybody's freaking out about it. And Homer, who's usually the dumbest one, is like, oh, don't worry. You know, that, that thing is going to break up in our atmosphere. And by the time it hits us, it'll just be a tiny pebble. And then sure enough, everybody's in the bomb, in the bomb shelter. And then... Just this little tiny pebble. Okay, you know, yeah. It drops down. You're stimulating my memory. I do remember that. But I would have thought if it was small, it would be traveling so fast that it would just be like a bullet and it would go right through your roof. Or if it was large, it would flatten your house and create a giant crater. Yeah, which, which makes me believe that this didn't come from space. Although still a meteorite didn't come from space. Somebody probably had it, it, threw it down up. the street and like say there was a couple and one and 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 the man like was really into collecting like rocks and and different cool things and he had a little meteorite is that cool though well it doesn't matter okay. but he's really into it and <laughs> so he's going through this breakup he's cheating on his wife and then she freaks out and starts throwing all of his stuff out the window including his all of his rocks mm. and then this meteorite that this man cherished so much 
lands on his neighbor's house. Ah, I see where you're going. And that's why it's just a thud. It was just a rock hitting the roof. Um, Mm -hmm. That's that's one explanation. One I thought of is, what are the chances that this guy has found two meteorites? Because they mentioned in the article he had found one in the woods before. Is he maybe so rambunctious and so interested in telling everyone about the earlier meteorite that he found that someone was just sick of hearing it and chucked the meteorite at his house. Well, yeah, but it, it supports my theory more of, of the breakup because basically maybe this husband had more than one meteorite and the, and the wife after catching him cheating threw both of them out the window. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Or maybe when it hit the roof, it was one and then it split into two. And then he found one at one point and one later on. Um, do you ever clean your gutters? Is that something you do? I don't have gutters. Oh, really? okay. I do. And I take passion in cleaning them. They they say this guy cleaned them in spring. I don't understand that. Usually you clean it in fall or I guess in sp- depending on what kind of trees you have, you may get little things falling down. But at the end of during fall when all the leaves fall they land on my roof and then they wind up in my gutters and it ends up causing blockage and all sorts of problems one of my favorite things to do is go up on my roof and just like clear them out and watch all the water gush out i've seen videos of that you posted videos i love it yeah yeah it'll be clogged so all the gutters are just like overflowing and you just reach up and grab the mess of leaves and pull it out and then it's like a fire hose shooting out of your downspouts i find all sorts of little like twigs and pebbles and stuff up there but i never really thought like why are there rocks on my roof are kids throwing them are they maybe just coming off of my shingles or are they falling from space i'm gonna have them analyzed next fall yeah yeah sounds like a waste of time that sounds like a good use of my time (laughs) uh well let's start wrapping this up i think we covered uh, a good cross-section of weird Canadian events. We have a couple stories that were on the agenda for this week that had to be pushed to next week as a result of the manhunt for the kangaroo taking so much of the spotlight. But we got a whole bunch more on the way. But what we do want is your Christmas gone wrong. Tell us about a Christmas that wasn't a Merry Christmas. Um, We'd love to hear about it. Or another thing I'd be interested in here, I know we have a lot of international listeners. I'd be interested in hearing some Christmas customs from other parts of the world. So if you think your town or your community has something unique that it does to celebrate Christmas, let us know about that as well. Anything you want to hear? Yeah, and it doesn't have to be Christmas related. There's a number of different celebrations that occurred this time of year. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, so this can be any of the happy holidays that are celebrated in the month of December. So, um, you know, Hanukkah or... uh, (laughs) Let us know what you celebrated that Christmas. I shouldn't have... Man, I'm such a dummy. Thank you for providing balance with my uh, closed-in little world that I live in. I'm from Cape Breton. It's like, it's such a... Where I grew up in the 80s, it was like everybody in my school celebrated Christmas and was like Catholic and stuff. It's such a a more um, it's such a more diverse world now. When I hear my children 
my 11 year old, six year old, talk about the structure of the class that they're in in school. And when I meet their friends and learn about their families, I realize like their experience growing up is so much different than mine. Like I learned about so many of these other customs when I was like in my twenties that my, and the things that my six year old knows all about now. And I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. You're so ignorant. I'm not, I'm open to learning about other cultures and customs. I love it. It's just, it's, it's different than the world I was raised in. And you're, you were, do you love it more than cleaning gutters? You know what I love about other cultures and customs is the food. I'll tell you, like if you can, if I see a restaurant and it's, and it says like authentic, you know, cuisine, and then it lists like a country I've never even heard of. I'm like, I want to try it. I love food from other parts of the world. Me too. I love that. I love that too. Yeah. It's a great, like through food is a great way to see the world as evidenced by Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations, that TV show. Yeah, man. Why are you laughing yeah. at me? Or are you yeah. agreeing with me? Is, I don't know what even what's happening right now. Like, what, <laughs> why, where did this conversation go? Anyway, I'm hungry. Can talking you tell? about meteorites. All of a sudden, you know, food is really the gateway <laughs> to the rest of the world. Like, I just find it so nice to try food from different co- countries and cultures. <laughs> and I learned so much from 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 all these restaurants in my neighborhood. And my son also likes these things. <laughs> all right. Let's end it with that. <laughs> I just like floated outside of my body and looked down at our conversation and thought, <laughs> I think it's time we pull the plug on this episode. Okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you got a story to share, go to nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We'd love to hear from you. But until then, Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Next time you're going to date someone. Try role-playing in a unique way. Say you're a spy. Say I'm a fireman. So if I get up and run out of the house, you know, there's probably a fire. Just see what happens. And Jordan, until next time, if you ever see me co-hosting another podcast about weird Canadian news stories, that's just my job with CSIS. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, or if you have any thoughts or opinions on any of the stories we discussed tonight, we want to hear about it. The best way to reach us is via a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We're excited to hear from you. Now, before we part, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. I'd like to give a big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers for this series, and Monty Data, who provides the outro O Canada segment. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thanks goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Benito, Stacy, and Timothy, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help us out here in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show, but it also gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. That sounds like something you're interested in. You can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. 
And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show grow by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know about the work we're doing here. Your support in that is very much appreciated. So now let me wrap this up. But until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. And now to our viewers and listeners everywhere. Good night. Hey, Jordan. This is Dave from Lena, Nevada. A big fan of your Keep Canada Weird series that uh, you and Aaron do. Hey, for your Animal Uprising episodes, I wanted to make sure you're aware. You probably are. I can't imagine you wouldn't have heard of this, but apparently there are some animals roaming Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba that are threatening to cross over into the U.S., and they're called super pigs. So you may wonder, what is a super pig? I'm going to read it right from an AP article. These wild pigs are often crossbreeds that combine the survival skills of wild Eurasian boar with the size and high fertility of domestic swine to create a super pig that's spreading out of control. Apparently, they can't even get enough folks to hunt these things down and get rid of them. But uh, I'm assuming you can do more research and maybe talk a little bit about your thoughts on the super pig on the show. And I look forward to listening. Thanks. Thanks.